we're so glad that you're here today, and we want to welcome those worshiping with us online. We're glad to have you as well. Now, we've been talking about being bold this month, and we've got four sermons in the series. This is the third of the fourth. If you weren't able to be here for the first couple of weeks, or maybe especially that first week, you might go back online and watch that first message. I had a lady talk to me yesterday during our 21 days of prayer, and she said that very first message really said some things to me. She talked about what it was that really spoke to her, and she said it gave her encouragement to go back and and, you know, have an effect for the positive because of it. So I want to encourage you, if you get a chance, to go online and watch those messages if you can. Um, we'll finish it up next week, and then we'll move into a different series in February. Now, how many of you like poisonous snakes? You're, you, um, you've you got a lot of pet poisonous snakes at home, and you're close to them. What did you say? Yeah? You know what happened to us? We, they cleared the lot behind our house. Uh, and they built some stuff there. And when they did, Sandy Willard cuts our grass. At least he cuts the backyard. I take care of the front yard, and he takes care of the backyard. It's a deal we have because the front yard is artificial turf. <laughs> and that's, that's my kind of maintenance as a preacher. That, and by the way, everybody in the neighborhood has to confess envy because my grass really is always greener there. They, they look at it and see it. No lie. I mean, go come look at it anytime. You know, I just take the blower out there and blow the leaves off. We're done, okay? Anyway, he was cutting the grass out there when they cleared those lots, and he killed three baby copperhead snakes. I'm glad Cameron's on the front row today because Cameron loves snakes. She just can't get it. You know, if anybody sees a snake here at Woodlawn, it's Cameron. Nobody else sees snakes, but she sees them everywhere she goes. She walks out the door, there's a snake there to greet her. It's amazing. Well, anyway, uh, so here's what I like to do. I'm, I'm just one of those kind of guys. I'm not real fond of poisonous snakes. Now, if they're not poisonous, I'm good with them, okay? But I'm not that crazy about poisonous snakes. So what I like to do is take a shovel and chop their head off. That's what I'm saying in a violent manner. I'm just funny that way, okay? Because I don't want them hanging around, you know, and maybe somebody in my family getting hurt by them. And so this copperhead den that was living there behind us had moved over into our yard. We had to take care of it. And then and what I like to do is take the remainder of the snake after I cut its head off and I hang it up on the trees for all the other snakes to see <laughs> just to get the message. Hey, this guy means business. He's serious about this. We better move somewhere else. He really means it. Then I go out and tell people about it. Let me tell you what happened to me. We got copperhead snakes and come to my house. They're hanging in the trees now. And inevitably, there's somebody there, maybe someone who's concerned about being politically correct, who will say to me, Pastor Joe, don't kill the snakes. They're one of God's creations, okay? And because we live in a politically correct world where we don't want to hurt a poisonous snake, what I tell them is, okay, what I'm going to do is just bag him up and bring him to your place, and you can show him the love of God, okay? That's what we'll do. We'll work that out. So this politically correct thing kind of overflows in the church sometimes, and a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, and so I don't want to speak too boldly about my faith. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, that's really who I am. I, I really am a person who would rather let my witness speak for me. I, I'm not really a guy who likes to be so bold and speak out about my faith. It's just not my nature to do that. But there are times when we get the opportunity that we can take advantage of that, and we can do that when God leads us to, when we feel, hear that still, small voice speaking to us. And one of the most common mindsets today is instead of speaking about my faith, I'm just going to let my life be my witness, which is a great place to start, by the way. I mean, our lives 
that's even more powerful than what we say. And if we do both of those, that's great. But there are times when we can speak out. For example, let's say, let's just say while we're saying, right? Because you're cold and just trying to warm up, right? So let's just say that I invited you over to my house and we took a walk in my backyard, okay? And I saw a poisonous copperhead snake in front of me. And so what did I do? I walked around the snake, right? Okay? And you're walking with me, but you didn't necessarily know that, okay? So then what happens is, what am I doing? Well, I'm letting my life be my witness, right? I'm just walking around the snake. But see, if I do that and you walk over the snake and get bitten, then, you know, you're probably not coming back to my house. One way or the other, you're not showing up again, right? And so that's not a good thing. So what I probably need to do is that's one time when I need to speak up, right, and be bold and, and say to the person who's walking alongside of me, snake, right? So that because that's when I speak up and you know it's there and then you won't be bitten by it. So to keep people from harm or maybe to lead them in a better way, we need to speak up. Now, we said that the theme for this series is boldness is behavior born out of belief. Now, what does that mean? Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Well, that just simply means this. If we believe in something, we will talk about it. If we don't believe in it, we won't talk about it. It can be all kinds of different things. It's not just our faith. But if you don't believe in it, you won't talk about it. You'll just keep it to yourself. And the key thought today is this. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. See, if you believe something deeply, you will speak out boldly about it. In the book of Acts, there's a lot of verses in the New Testament where the Christians believed deeply and spoke boldly. One of them was that they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And some people, the religious leaders of the day, did not believe in the resurrection. And so they didn't want anybody talking about the resurrection because they didn't think it was appropriate. And so what they would do is they would persecute people who spoke up and said, listen, you know, I got to tell you what I saw and what I heard. I got to tell you what what I know about. I know about Jesus. I saw him when he was resurrected, and I'm going to have to talk to people about him because I want them to know about him. Now, in Acts 9, it was about Saul. Saul was somebody who used to persecute the Christians, and then he became one. And it says, so Saul moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. What happened was, after he became a convert, he was just as zealous with his faith as he had been about persecuting Christians. And then Saul goes on, it's speaking about Paul and Barnabas, it says, in Acts 14. So Paul and Barnabas... It says um, that they spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord. There again, you see that theme. In verse 31, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. In other words, they weren't afraid. They really believed in it. It was okay for them to talk about it. Because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Now, we've been looking at Peter and John. And in this this, uh, series, we talked about them. They went by the gate, beautiful, and there was a beggar there who had been lame for 40 years. And they saw him there, and so he asked them for money. And they said, well, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have uh, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. 
And this beggar was miraculously healed. He stood up and he walked and everybody in town celebrated. But the religious people, the Sanhedrin, they didn't like the fact that Peter and John talked about the resurrection since they didn't believe in it. And so here's what they wanted to do. They wanted to take these two guys who were sharing their faith and they either wanted to put them in jail or they wanted to have them killed, either one. But the problem was that everybody had heard about or seen what they did with this beggar and how he had been healed. And so if they had put them in jail or killed them, there would be a huge revolt because everybody in town knew about it. In fact, they talked about it among themselves. They said, what are we going to do with these men? These are the religious leaders talking about Peter and John. They said, what are we going to do with these men? Uh, they asked, everybody living in Jerusalem knows what they have done, an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. I love that. I love when God does something so obvious that the world says, well, I don't really believe it. I can't explain it, but I can't deny it either. I mean, I saw what happened, and God did it, right? Now, some of you have witnessed somebody who was in a marriage that was really going down the drain, and you were worried about those friends and that couple. And then something happened. The husband and the wife both got radically saved, and their family moved into a new place. And so then they show up at their life group. And all these friends who have been watching them and know what's going on in their life, now all of a sudden they're like newlyweds. And they're all smoochy, smoochy when they're supposed to be reading the Bible, right? And they're looking at each other. Everybody in the group's going, I don't know what happened, but I can't deny that something happened. There's something different with this couple, right? Or maybe you've had a teenager who was going in the wrong direction, and you knew it, and everybody knew it. And then maybe they came to church and even to youth group, and they became a Christian. And then they started reading their Bible and telling people about God. And the rest of the youth group said, I don't understand it, but I can't deny it. There's something different. Or maybe you were addicted or in bondage or in fear, but something rose up inside of you, a power that only God could give you. And with the help of other Christian people and those who could give you support, you were able then to see that conquered and move forward. You know, other people look at you and say, I don't really understand it, but I can't deny it. Well, in, in verse 17, it gives context to this scripture, and it says, but to stop this thing from spreading, what? to stop the gospel from spreading, to stop people from talking about Jesus. Any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone. What? In what name? In this name. Now, it's funny to me that they won't even say Jesus. In Jesus' name. What do they say? In, in this name. Y'all quit talking about this guy. They won't say Jesus, but they say in this name. It's amazing to me. And then they called them in again, and they commanded them not to speak or teach in all in the name of Jesus. But what happened? But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. In other words, we believe so deeply, we're going to speak boldly about this. Now, the two words in Greek that are translated as cannot help basically mean it is not possible. It's not possible for us to remain silent. We've got to speak out. You need to understand, guys, you can threaten us, you can beat us, you can even say that you're going to kill us, and if you put us to death, the last thing we're going to talk about is Jesus. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've been led by God to just speak 
to someone you know, a friend, uh, somebody in your family, and you just feel like it's something God wants you to share. And, and if you've ever been in that situation, you know that you just can't keep quiet. You've got to speak. Let's say that you went to a movie and it was really inspiring and it really encouraged you and, and maybe it drew you closer to God and, and you wanted other people to know about it and so you told them about it and, and you said, you know, you need to see this movie. It's a real blessing. And there have been movies made like that and, and sometimes they really do influence people. Or let's say that you have a favorite restaurant. Anybody have a favorite restaurant in here? Okay. Okay, there's three people that eat here. I know that. <laughs> rest of you folks are just living on air, right? That's, that's what you're doing. No wonder you're so thin. Listen, get out and get something to eat today, okay? Well, here's the deal. I have a favorite restaurant, and I'm going to tell you, that I like to go to called Firebirds. Anybody ever heard of Firebirds? See, the 830 crowd, they got so confused when I talked about Firebirds. They said, do you mean Firefly? I said, I like Firefly. Firefly's here in town. It's a trick question. We don't have Firebirds here. This is in another town. So when I go to Montgomery, Alabama or Birmingham, I like to go to Firebirds. I really like, in fact, I like their Caesar salad. I think it's really good there, and so I enjoy that. So if you ever go to Montgomery or Birmingham, check out Firebirds, okay? And then tell them how much you enjoy it. Come back and talk to me about it. We'll have a long conversation. I ask anybody, has anybody been to Firebirds, 830? One guy in the back raised his, oh, got one over here. Okay, good. Well, this guy in the back raised his hand. I said, wait a minute, I took you to Firebirds. What do you, that was, that was Clarence Belinge. I took him when we were at annual conference one time, okay? But, but, but you go to this restaurant, and you say, man, i got to tell you about this restaurant. And there's a lot of good places to eat here in town. I mean, I, I personally try to take advantage of all of them. I really do. Because I don't want to leave anybody out. That's just the kind of guy I am. I'm just saying, okay? So, so it's important. There are a lot. But you notice, I, if I mention one in town, then I've got to mention all the others. So I went out of town for this example. You follow me? Because I like, I like a lot of places, okay? Well, Christ was dead, and now he's alive, and they've got to talk about it. They just can't keep it to themselves, and so they want it to be a witness. And there are four specific areas today that I'm going to talk to you about where we can't help but speak boldly, okay? And I want you to jot these down on your outline. The first place is to myself. I can't help but speak boldly to myself. Now, let me just ask you. It's okay. You're in church. You're among friends, okay, who don't eat. But anyway, what, what I... <laughs> What I wanted to ask you is this. Um, how many of you here talk to yourselves? Anybody? Okay, well, I feel so much better. I, in the first service, nobody raised their hand, and I just had the benediction and left and went home. But, but I talk to myself all the time. I really do because I, I need a little encouragement and moving in the right direction. And, and so I do that. And you're going to see how that's biblical. How many of you knew that was biblical? Okay, well, it is. This is what David did in 1 Samuel. The Bible says, and David was greatly distressed. Why was he distressed? Because the people spoke of stoning him. Okay, you know, if you were threatened of being stoned, and I'm not talking about taking drugs here. I'm talking about literally people taking big stones and throwing them at you to kill you, okay? Wouldn't that make you distressed too, huh? And so that's why he was distressed. That's right. And so some of you are distressed right now because you're going through a hard time. So what did David do? The Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. What did he do? He just preached himself a sermon. He just encouraged himself. He spoke boldly to himself. I don't know what he said. 
It doesn't say. He could have said, God, I just remember that time that you gave me the strength with my bare hands to kill a lion and a bear, and I'm just going to live on that. If you can do that, you can do anything. And so I'm excited about that. Or he might have said, I remember that time that you gave me the boldness to go up against the giant, and I was able to slay him, and I called him an uncircumcised Philistine. And, you know, I said, who are you to come up against the armies of God? And everybody said that that giant was too big for me to beat. And I said, are you kidding? He's too big to miss. Look at him. He's huge. And so he was successful. What? He preached himself a sermon. He encouraged himself. Now, you can do the same thing. Look at the person next to you and say, you can do the same thing. Go ahead and tell them that right now. You can. You can do the same thing. And you can start right now. Okay? It says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for all the captives. Some of you didn't know that you were a preacher, but you are. The next time you're overwhelmed, say, I may have babies everywhere, and there may be dirty diapers here and dishes and domestic duties, but, you know, I'm just going to preach to myself and say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or you're overwhelmed in your business. There's too much to do. So you just preach to yourself and you say, when I am weak, he is strong. It's not by my power or by my might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. When you're afraid, you just preach to yourself and you say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And when you're worried, you preach to yourself and say, I will not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, I will submit my request to God, and I will let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard my heart and soul in Christ Jesus. That's pretty good preaching right there, isn't it? Yeah, you can just jot those down and preach to yourself. Now, the second thing is that you want to encourage one another. You want to encourage someone, somebody around you, somebody that you know that's a friend, that's a work associate, that's a neighbor. Christians ought to be the most encouraging people in the world. A lot of times when I go into businesses or restaurants, I eat, but maybe you don't, but I do. I, I try to encourage the people there. I try to give them a little bit bigger tip. I just try to do something that maybe makes them feel a little bit better about their day. And in Hebrews it says, but encourage one another, how often? Daily. Daily. As long as it is called today. So every day we're supposed to encourage one another. Have you been doing your homework? Have you been encouraging other people? How often? All the time. You know, we ought to lift people up and encourage them. God's word says, do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time you will reap a harvest if, if you do not give up. So don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Hang in there. Pray about it. Work at it. Get some friends around you who can pray for you. Don't give up on your ministry. You don't know it, but you've got a ministry. You do. Wherever you, there's a lot of people who know it. They know it because in their employment, where they go around different places during the day, they encourage other people, they minister to them. But some of you do that and you don't even know it. Don't give up on that. And don't give up on God because he never will give up on you. Now, what happens is that God prompts us to say something sometimes. Have you ever been prompted to say something to someone else? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is just putting a thought in your mind, and you feel like, I need to say something to this 
person. Maybe somebody you know. It may be a stranger. It might be in an elevator. It might be in the grocery store at the gas station. It could be anywhere. It could be here at church. I just feel prompted to say something, and, and you just speak out, and you say something to that person. You might say, listen, I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't really know why, but I just wanted to say, and then you say whatever it is you feel God is leading you to say. You know, you might lift somebody up today by doing that before you leave. You might even just say something small to them like, hi, or have a nice day, or smile at them, you know, and just encourage them, okay? We ought to be the encouragers. Now, third, uh, you know, I, what I want to do is be able to correct others that I know. Now, listen, now, now don't get this wrong. When I talk about correcting people, I'm not talking about uh, you know, getting on to them because they don't use proper grammar and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, there are times when God is saying that you and I are called to lovingly correct. This is usually with a person that you've gained trust. This is a person you're close to. This is a person who believes in you. You believe in them. You lift them up and encourage them all the time, and you're trying to help them. You're, you're not trying to tell them off. You know, we're not trying to say that. In Matthew 18, it says this, If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out the fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over, okay? We're to lovingly correct one another, not be a jerk in Jesus' name, okay? That won't work. That, that doesn't help. I'm, boy, I got some people I'm just going to load up and let them have. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Biblical correction is when you're trying to help someone to draw them and steer them closer to God. Because you have that relationship with them, you've earned that right. You've been there because they're receptive. They will listen to you. Let's say that you're a girl and you've got a friend who's married, and this girlfriend of yours is just kind of trashing her husband all the time and saying, well, he's just not the spiritual leader he needs to be, and he's a bump on the log. And you say, you know what? I love you, and I love your marriage too much to let you say that about him, to keep you talking him down and keeping him from being the person who God wants him to be. And so in love, I'm going to say, why don't you encourage him and speak life and love and encouragement to him? I'm, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying this is something I've observed, and, and I just want more for you than that. Or it could be that you know somebody who's addicted, and you love them, and you're watching them, and they're going down the drain. And so you go to them, and you say, look, I love you. I'm not better than you. But because I love you, what I'm saying is I want to help you with your addiction. I want to help you. I want to get you involved in some type of group that can be supported. Together, you and I and God and some more folks, together we can see you be victorious over this addiction. And that's the only reason I'm talking to you about it is because I care. You know, you don't do this every day. It's not something that you're just seeking to do all the time. But it is something, you know, when you care more about a person than you care about what they think about you, then that's when you can really love them and speak the truth in love. Okay, the fourth thing. You know, you can lead someone toward Christ. You can do that when you get the opportunity, okay? I'm not talking about you've got to go out and be a street preacher or something like that. Go door to door, get your foot in the door, put them in a headlock, hold them down until they make a commitment to Christ. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when God opens the door for you, gives you the opportunity, and he puts it on your heart to say something. Maybe the person asks you a question. That's the best time to answer a person's questions when they ask. And so you just say, well, for me, let me just tell you about me. And you talk to them and you love them. The disciple says, you can beat us. You can put us in jail. You can kill us. 
but we can't stop talking about what God has done for us. We can't help it. And if you speak boldly, you do it because you believe deeply. You can't be just like the world and just go along with everything. You have to make a decision and a stand sometimes. I can't stop talking boldly about what I believe deeply. And let me wrap it up with this, okay? Here's the deal. What keeps us from doing that? What keeps you and me from speaking boldly to anybody else? This is good. You need to write this down. I'm going to tell you something now. This is the truth. What happens is that we look at our own lives and we say, I am not perfect. And we're not. I'm not perfect. Believe me. Listen, have you got time? I'm not perfect, really. I mean, don't, don't ask the staff about me. They'll tell you way too much. But I'm not. I'm not perfect. I won't be perfect until I go to heaven, and neither will you, okay? So here's what happens. Because I'm not perfect, I hesitate to say anything to anybody else about their faith or about their relationship with God, anything that might be benefit to them because I'm not Well, who am I to say? And I think the enemy, a lot of times, he keeps us silent when the Lord is prompting us to say something, to speak, you know, in the right context, in the right place, when God leads us to do that, the Holy Spirit just gives us this thought and we want to share it. And so we do that, right? So here's what I want you to know. First of all, anybody here perfect? Do we, do we cover that? One time the preacher asked that in church, anybody here perfect? One guy raised his hand. Preacher said, did you hear me right? I, I, I didn't know. I'm asking if you're perfect. Are you perfect, sir? He said, oh, no, no, I'm not perfect. Well, why did you raise your hand? I'm just standing up as proxy for my wife's first husband. See, there's just all kinds of counseling that could go on right there, isn't there? Okay, but none of us are perfect. And so here's the deal. We, we don't speak out because we're not perfect. But listen, our imperfection does not keep us from speaking the truth in love. Because whether we're perfect or not, the truth is the truth. The truth is not something that you can debate about. It's the Word of God. And so because it's the truth, even in our imperfection, in love, we can share that when we are given the right opportunity, when God leads us to do that, when it's somebody who trusts us and will listen to us, when we have that privilege and we've got favor with them. And sometimes I'll even pray, Lord, would you give me favor with this person? If you want me to share that, would you give me favor with this person? I think I have favor, but would you give me favor? Would you give me your favor so that you can speak to them through what I'm going to say to them today? And when you speak the truth in love, most of the time, people know that it's genuine. Most of the time, people know it's real. They know that you care about them and love them. You care more about them than you do about what they think of you sometimes because you speak the truth in love, okay? Let's pray. Father, it's hard for us to be bold. It's difficult for us to speak out when you call us to speak out. Lord, I just pray that you would give us the wisdom. Every day we pray, Lord, show me when to speak, when to be silent. And help us not to be silent simply because we're afraid. I pray that we might do only what you lead us to do for your benefit and for the benefit of others. I pray in your son's name. Amen.